0: Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning and uh, my guest today is Imogen Ragone an Alexander Technique teacher and website designer in Wilmington, Delaware. And this is going to be part two of um, a a two-part podcast series titled uh, Alexander Technique and the Scientific Method. In our previous podcast um, and, and and Imogen's going to interview me for this one as well. In our previous podcast, we talked about the question of did Alexander himself uh, use the scientific method? And the answer was pretty much, yeah. And in this, this interview, we're going to talk about how uh, is the answer the question perhaps is the scientific method being used in Alexander technique teaching today and as I said Imogen's going to interview me so I'm going to turn it over to you Imogen okay thank you
1: Robert glad to be here well, thanks again. for doing
0: this again you're very um, welcome. thanks for volunteering <laughs> Um, yeah
1: (laughs) so let's just start very briefly uh, and I would really recommend that people listen to part one first um, Mm -hmm. although this will be its own entity Um, but very briefly what is the Alexander technique and what is the scientific method right
0: well the Alexander technique I I would define it as a, a way of learning how to use your physical structure your 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 structure in general as efficiently as possible given its what it is and what the forces that are operating on it are on planet earth so making the best use of your body or your body mind if you like and making the best use of forces like gravity and support, atmospheric mm. pressure, heat, light, etc. Okay. It's not about what you do particularly, it's about how you do whatever you've decided you want to do.
1: Exactly. And the scientific method? Scientific
0: method, well we talked a, in a, a fair ma- a bit about that in the previous uh, Podcast, and I'll just repeat this little dictionary definition that's pretty pretty good actually um, a method of procedure that has characterized natural science since the seventeenth century, consisting in systematic observation, measurement, and experiment, and the formulation, testing, and modification of hypotheses. And it's something that uh, I think a lot of people learn in, in high school science classes. It's an idealized version of what goes on in science. Um, but it's, it is, it um, is as you said in the last podcast, it's kind of the gold standard of any scientific study. Mm-hmm. It's It's got to conform to that and maybe some other things as well. Um So, and as I said, we, I I think we agreed that Alexander was using it as best he could at the time. More or less. More or less. Um, And the question then is, um, are Alexander teachers using it today or are students taught how to use it?
1: Yeah, so maybe that's kind of two parts: are are teachers using it themselves, Mm. and are they using it in their teaching and enabling their students to 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 kind of experiment and use it for
0: themselves? Yeah. Well, um, I I should start by saying that you know Alexander died uh, a long time ago, um, over fifty years ago, and. most teachers today never met him. They were trained by people who may have been trained by people and so on several Mm -hmm. generations back. And over there are of course a lot more teachers today than they were when Alexander was alive. And there's really a huge variation from what I can see in how teachers teach. And to cite one extreme, which was the one I was initially exposed to as mm-hmm. a student, uh, my teacher um, did very little talking during a lesson. His English was was somewhat iffy, and um, it was it was I would say about ninety to ninety five percent. Just he used his hands to get me into a better relationship with myself, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever, Mm -hmm. and uh, it was remarkably effective in the sense that while I never understood, for a long time I had no idea what he was doing, um, and I didn't sense anything during a lesson, I certainly noticed things happening outside of lessons pretty much immediately, and they were Mm -hmm. dramatic, and um, I... But hooked. you
1: weren't experimenting, right? You weren't. There
0: was nothing to experiment there with. No, there was there no, no scientific method n- involved on your part. No, the main, <laughs> the main thing I did was uh, he did have some uh, things that we were told to do. One was never to cross our legs again, ever, when sitting. Uh, always sit on a hard surface, he had special boards for that. And wow. when you stood up or sat down, you would always tuck your chin down onto your chest so you wouldn't tighten your neck. Uh, and as a matter of wow. fact, you can still see people. If you ride the subways of Toronto, you will occasionally see people doing this, uh-huh. and, if you, <laughs> and it does look weird. And it was a, it was an interesting moment when I arrived. <laughs> um on the training course I went to and demonstrated it to the group. Uh-huh. <laughs> but that's all by the by. I mean yeah. essentially it was there was no explanation. I did once ask him about directions mm-hmm. because I'd read about them and he said, Oh, you know, that's that's for advanced people or whatever. So there was no self uh experimentation mm-hmm. of any kind. Um but so that's the one extreme. That's an extreme. And per, you know, uh, perhaps ultimately in reaction to that, you know, all these years later, we're talking like 40 plus years later, uh, I've kind of moved to the opposite extreme where I do use my hands for in-person students, uh, but sparingly. And I tend to very much use Directions and to teach people how to how to experiment with them and i'm i I think there's all sorts of stuff in the middle. I think a lot of teachers uh do uh talk about observation, and most teachers have mirrors in their teaching studios, mm-hmm. so they may ask a student to observe themselves in the mirror, perhaps while they're being given a lesson so they can get some accurate feedback about what's going on so that kind of moves a little into the objective trying to be objective about what's happening arena um and i I don't really know i mean i don't i don't i I can't say what teachers use for themselves these days because i can't read their minds um (laughs) my general sense is that most students of many students let's put it this way do not actually are not actually empowered with uh, a way to um, change themselves through thought right um, which, yeah. which is sad I think
1: to me that's I I love that, and I love that empowering sense of that. Um, Right,
0: yeah, and um, and I didn't really uh, have any of that until I got to England, and even then it was a little murky about what the thought should be, and there wasn't any real discussion of how to employ the thought, but before, um, so I think there's a lot of variation and um, I want to yeah go ahead
1: well I was just thinking that um, in terms of this scientific method and this applies to Alexander himself because Mm -hmm. he was when he was studying himself and coming up with his method Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, it it was just him so he was both investigating and he was the person that was being investigated, so he was investigator right. and investigatee, and that applies to our students if they were asking to to experiment and sort of collect data, if you like, on on what ways of thinking work and what don't, mm-hmm. and or mm-hmm. how, you know, that they are.
0: It, 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 They're in they a weird position it, yes, in terms yes. of experimenting. So
1: that's quite and a challenge. And it's
0: definitely a challenge, and it may that challenge may be one reason why um, some, maybe many, maybe most teachers have sort of given up on. Uh, giving students experiments to use on their own because there are some pro- there are some inherent difficulties, and I want to talk about that whole question that you just brought up the yeah. the 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 scientific method the, that idealized version that I read the definition of and that we talked about in the previous podcast assumes. That the person running the experiment, the scientist mm-hmm. is not him or herself
1: is not right? part
0: of the experiment. Yeah. You know, the ideal version, some 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 guy sitting at a console and he's adjusting one parameter and then he's measuring the results through some electronic device or if a chemist is Mixing a certain proportion of this and that, and this is what happened, and it happens over and over again, and the chemist is not really or the scientist is not really um, is, is not part of the process he's measuring i mean he's right. he's adjusting things, but he's not in he's there not in, he's measured, not influencing the atoms or the molecules and mm-hmm. so on. Mm-hmm. The problem is. Um, there, there's there's sort of there's a, a, an example that in some ways is a little unrelated to the dilemma of an Alexander student trying to experiment, but it is interesting one in that the, this idea of the neutral observer was is totally missing these days in the field of um, uh, studying subatomic particles um it turns out and this was this is from the 30s actually i think that um if if you if you're if you're measuring like where a subatomic particle is and you get that down exactly you have no idea of how fast it's moving and if you know exactly how fast it's moving you have no idea where it is and various combinations. Now, none of this applies to kind of our real-world experience, you know, when we're Mm -hmm. dealing with objects, but in that field, um, the physicist is part of the experiment. It, uh, It just has to be factored in. And there is this famous thing called the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, which is well established it tells you exactly just how uncertain it's going to be okay. and it doesn't matter like for for normal objects but it matters big time for subatomic particles so there's sort of one example where the the, the classic scientific method seems to break down a bit mm. but i think what what uh, Alec, when alexander was conducting his experiments and as I said, you know, he was confronted with dealing with three things at the same time. What he was thinking, he, what his thought was about how okay. what he was going to do, what it felt like he did, mm-hmm. and then what he observed in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And... um As I said last time, he opted for the mirror as being the more accurate thing because it was Uh, unconditioned. I
1: I would agree, but that's still your interpretation of what you're seeing, isn't it?
0: Oh, it could be. You could could misinterpret what you see. I mean, you have to learn how to see those Mm -hmm. kind of things. But I think he was fundamentally correct in saying, geez, you know, my feelings may not be telling me... And uh, what's going on and that's right. of course the situation that Alexander teachers on their own and students on mm-hmm. their own are confronted with all the time that they so feel do they're doing have... one thing and often it's pretty obvious to the teacher and if the teacher uh, wants to trot out a mirror or, or video recording they can show the student that mm-hmm. and student's have the same reaction that Alexander did what do I do with this you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so um, so there there but what I want to so there and I I, there are teachers who I think have kind of given up on encouraging their students to experiment because it is to experiment in this kind of classic scientific way because Mm -hmm. it's so tricky But there have been some developments in recent years, and particularly in Alexander directing and directions, Mm -hmm. that make things a lot easier. And I'm thinking of things like, well, originally uh, negative directions from uh, Missy Mm -hmm. Vineyard, and freedom directions from uh, Jennifer Roy Cooley, and that are easy for a student to learn to do potentially very easy for mm-hmm. a student to learn to do but, uh, and, 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 but they need to be I think for a student if they want to be able to test them Right. They have to be a They can't walk around with mirrors everywhere, or, <laughs> uh, or you know, be on camera twenty four seven. Why not? Why not? <laughs> <kidding>. Well, <laughs> I mean, it, you could be, but very few people are going to want to do that. So the question is, all right. So feelings, physical sensations uh, are not necessarily accurate. That is, you may think something is one thing uh, but it might be something different but on the other hand there is something that most people are pretty good at detecting which is differences in levels of tension or differences Mm -hmm. in um, for example if they're walking and they walk with one thought they can hear the sound of their feet on the floor or feel the pressure of their feet on the ground and then, if they use a direction uh... they may notice that that's the, their feet are a little quieter and there's less pressure they may notice they can sense a difference in a kind of a downward pull that suddenly seems to appear when, when they throw the direction away uh, you know as they go back into their old old habit so I think so you you're can kind take of advantage saying
1: there's a way for them to it's um, a way
0: to get collect a
1: little bit of data on collect some what data with,
0: yeah. and most people with a little training and often very little training like a minutes worth are able to detect differences and that can be taken advantage of um, by running little experiments where you use a direction, throw it away, bring it back, um, and the directions that we have now available to us are so easy to they're so short, simple and easy to use uh, that it's relatively easy for a lot of people to learn how to run these experiments in a pretty short period of time. Now, what mm-hmm. they have to there are obstacles. Uh, there's the obstacle of trying trying to th- to think the direction with some sort of effort right mm-hmm. there's the obstacle of thinking this is a crazy direction, and so that's what they're thinking about instead of the direction there's the obstacle of they use a direction and things feel nice and they immediately go to that nice feeling and want to replicate it so there's there's there are definite traps. But mm-hmm. they're pretty. I think by this point, a lot of teachers are pretty familiar with those traps and can talk talk their students mm-hmm. through them. Mm-hmm. So, it, for for that, um, people doing that, uh, I'd say that is kind of the scientific method being applied yeah, in, a,
1: in a very simple, practical, very simple way. and practical.
0: Yeah. And not only that, um, but. Because these new directions, uh, especially freedom directions, but some of the negative directions too, like so-called paradoxical directions, are so easy to use that you, students start sharing them with their friends and family and can even help their friends and family get through these little pitfalls that we've just been talking about. So it's not just our students that can employ the scientific method, if you like, but their friends and family as well. So I think the possibility is there. I I think there's still a lot of teachers who have kind of rely on hands-on work primarily as their way of teaching, but there are other options.
1: I mean, and the hands-on, while you're with your teacher, can provide another mirror, if you like, another sort of, if you're doing the experimenting, that gives you another source of data. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, that
0: can be a sort of a, but that's not going to be real helpful when you're on your own. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Right. But when right. you're in that situation, it's an added form of data collection. <laughs> in, right. I mean,
0: it's many things, but that's one thing that it could, can help with. Yeah, right? absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think that's the current state of things. I do think these new directions are gaining in popularity. So, <clears throat> excuse me, hopefully over well, time, there will be more For me, I
1: just love some of these new ways of directing, but that's a whole other story. Um, It occurs to me, it's a slight switch of Mm -hmm. direction in our discussion, Um, but I'm thinking of the Alexander Technique as a whole, and has the scientific method been used to verify, for instance, the usefulness of the Alexander Technique in various Mm -hmm. situations or applications. Yes, and the
0: answer is a resounding yes and is historically, I'll be really brief about this. As far as I know, the first sort of semi-scientific investigation was done by Wilfred Barlow when he was measuring the lengths of people's necks. Right. Mm -hmm. But more probably better known by a lot of people the work of Frank Pierce Jones mm-hmm. uh, using strobe photography mm-hmm. to uh, f- observe people as they—I think he was a lot of it was getting in and out of a chair before mm-hmm. and after hands on work that sort of thing and of course since then a lot of stuff maybe the most famous uh, U- the UK uh, National Health Service uh, mm-hmm. back pain study which was pretty pretty solid evidence that mm-hmm. the technique can help with that. And lots of other studies uh, that have been coming out over the last uh, 10, 10 years or so. Um, and I'd like to especially mention the work of uh, a neuroscientist and Alexander technique teacher, Tim, I think his last name is uh, Cacci- Cacciatore, Cacciatore yeah. who's an American, his PhD in neuroscience, but he is on the He's at the University of London and he's run heaven knows how many experiments now, at least half a dozen, I think more, in which he's actually measuring uh, postural tone and mm-hmm. and how, how Alexander lessons affect that. I should say most of the scientific study, almost all of the scientific studies apart from his, are measuring things based on interviews with the people who were having lessons you know did your was your back pain better after lessons that sort of thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh but what tim has done he's measuring an actual thing um mm-hmm. directly and using a really interesting piece of equipment and um you know that's like very um, Really, really precise measurements that are not don't rely on an individual self-reported.
1: So it's 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 removing even further from the the investigatee having anything to say about it. Right, the investigatee
0: just puts himself in this machine and gets. Twisted around in a certain <laughs> way, and it's measured. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I think his work deserves a lot more attention than it's got. I think it's the most important research in our field in some ways. So, um, yeah, so I'm, the answer is, generally speaking, um, yes. scientific studies confirm that the Alexander Technique is useful for different things, you know, depending on the study. Yeah. And um, and
1: wasn't there a study, I wish I had the information at my fingertips, wasn't there a study done quite recently that actually somehow was measuring, it might have been postural tone or the way, it might not have been, it might have been the way people were walking, but when actually thinking different things. So yes, it was actually uh-huh. really kind of relating to what we were talking about and ah, directing. Right, well, it, it, was,
0: it wasn't It was measuring, so most of the experiments you know, there'll be some people who don't get lessons and some people who get some other modality and some mm-hmm. people who get Alexander lessons, and then you ask them questions afterwards about how things went, you know, maybe a month mm-hmm. after or two months after. But this one you're talking about is people actually self directing in the moment right. yes. and affecting, yeah. And, um,. Which is a really really interesting study, and uh, there's also one that just came out a couple of days ago about neck tension oh. uh, done at the University of oh. Idaho, I think, by uh, Oh right, R- Roger is that how it's Oh, Cohen. Rogel yeah, Cohen. Yeah, Magal- yeah. Cohen. So okay, I mean, yeah. and that's that's that uh, use that's like uh, Tim Katchatorev's in that it's it's not. I don't think she actually asked people stuff. She just measured stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So the answer yeah. is yeah. The, s- the scientific yeah. method has been used uh, repeatedly, mm-hmm. and especially over the last ten, twelve years. I mean, it's mm-hmm. and the number of studies keeps growing. Pretty, pretty definite confirmation that this work, in in whatever variety the students got it. You know, they got different teachers have as i said have different ways of teaching so but it does seem as though the alexander technique is pretty definitely a useful and effective process so that's a nice thing
1: it is a nice thing and it's nice that it's not just me knowing it in myself right there's actually other data to yeah to prove it yeah So is there anything else you
0: want to share uh, on this subject? No, I think I've said everything I
1: wanted to say. I had one thought just (laughs) in relation to our discussion on um, effective ways of thinking and directing in Mm -hmm. that – you and I will be actually doing a workshop on that subject at the upcoming international congress in Chicago. Yes, we will.
0: Um, so, if empowering you're interested, empowering your that, students. Yeah. I think the title is something like "Empowering Your Students." Think for
1: themselves yeah. or think effectively. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: and, and I, th- I do, I really do believe that with this new, you could call it self-directing technology, um, people people can learn stuff incredibly fast that they can use themselves. I mean, yep. like, shockingly fast. And it's such a different process than I went through originally as a student for, when I first encountered the technique. So, yes. Okay, well, I will uh, I just um, want to thank uh, Imogen Ragone for volunteering to... Uh, <laughs> interview me for this podcast she's You're welcome. uh thank you and she's a teacher alexander teacher website designer in wilmington delaware i'll be putting a link to her site by the interview also a site a, a, a page uh that ha- it's all about scientific and uh, experiment uh, the litter all summarizes all the literature on uh, scientific experiments about the technique and medical endorsements as well, and also a link to a site that will tell you generally more about the technique and how to find a teacher. So Imogen, thank you so much. You're very
1: welcome.